Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Your clients can discover Tahiti like never before with Windstar Cruises. With over 35 years of expertise exploring Tahiti, Windstar now welcomes the award-winning all-sweet Star Breeze to Papeiti for even more unparalleled experiences year-round. Windstar in Tahiti visits up to nine islands, has onboard enrichment and programs with a Polynesian culture ambassador, and the most frequent departures of any cruise line. New in 2024 are voyages to remote Marquesas Islands, swimming with manta rays, and your clients can even plant their own coral and help to restore the ocean. This is Tahiti Redefined. Contact Windstar today at 844-625-0198 or visit windstarcruises.com. What's up, everyone? Today is Tuesday, February 20th. Happy Travel Tuesday out there. Did you have a wonderful President's Day weekend? Did you do any travel? I'd love to hear from you. Podcast at TravelPulse.com. Or you can call into our hotline on the show. 201-381-3017 is the Travel Pulse podcast number. Love to hear from you. And if you could leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, I would greatly appreciate that. So we've got a fun show for you today. We'll be talking big travel news as always. And joining me on the show now is Mandy Migliaccio, CEO of Stepping Out Travel, and Stephen Scott, CEO of Travel Hub 365 and the Odyssey Travel App. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Eric. Yes, thanks, Eric. Glad to have you both back on the show. Some veterans of the podcast here. So we are going to chat about the fam trip experience and some tips and tricks for advisors and suppliers uh, that they need to know on their end as well. So before we get into that, though, as we do for every episode, we're going to dive into what has been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with some airline news and Hawaiian Airlines stockholders have approved the new deal with Alaska Airlines. The approval is just the first step for Hawaiian Airlines to be acquired by Alaska. Uh, the rest is up to the U.S. Uh, State Department of Justice and other government regulatory agencies. And, you know, we all saw what happened with JetBlue Airways when they tried to acquire Spirit. Um, you still got the Alaska flight attendants. They want, you know, their say in things. So it's still a lot to be worked out with this, but a good step forward. Um, well, Stephen, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on this potential merger. You think it's going to happen? Yeah, you know, actually on this one, I do believe it will happen. Um, when we're talking about the West Coast over there, uh, I think we all would love to have more lift into Hawaii um, and uh, to be able to have, you know, just more of our customers to be able to get over there and uh, to have a great time. When it came to JetBlue and Spirit, you know, that covered so much more ground of the United States. It just really felt like uh, you were affecting a bigger portion of the travel uh, community. Whereas this side, uh, you know, I think it might actually go through because it's not as impactful. Well, yeah, well said on that. I, uh, Mandy, you being out on the West Coast, what are your thoughts for this? Have you flown? Hi. If we can get more flights to Hawaii, that's always a good idea. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I don't know if there's going to be any pushback, but um, I'm excited for it if it happens. Yeah, it does feel like this one's got better odds. Um, but you never know with the government and what they're going to want to do and what kind of say they'll have on this. But it feels like we're headed in the right direction for this, which is good. So, In other airline news, we look to the Biden administration and the FAA as they awarded nearly $1 billion 
to modernize over 100 American airports, which is awesome. So they had $970 million in the contract and these various grants awarded to over a number of programs, including those that involve creating new baggage systems, expanding security checkpoints, increasing gate capacity, and modernizing infrastructure. So nine of the grants will address aging traffic control towers as well. Um, so Manny, we'll start your thoughts um, uh, on this news as well. And I'd also love to get both of your thoughts on uh, what's the worst airport you've been to and the best. But uh, first on this modernization news, Mandy, what do you think? So I think um, it's important. I think it's important for airports to stay up to date, especially with technology. Um, and let me tell you, these airports, some of these airports in the U.S., they really need a lot of work. So I would be, you know, $1 billion seems like a lot of money. But when you're talking about 100 airports, that's not a lot. <laughs> so let's just keep hoping that they uh, they keep putting money in into the airports instant travel. It's important. Yeah, Mandy's right on target. You know, it's it's amazing how um, we get to travel in and out of the country. And when we get to the other countries, the airports look so much better. Um, we've got some beautiful airports here. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you immediately feel it when you land in uh, places in Europe uh, and you just see things that are happening. You say, you know what? I wish we had this there or I wish we had that there um, or even the air smelling better within the terminal. I mean, how about that one? <laughs> um, and so um, what really gets you is when you land in a country that is much less developed or much smaller and they have uh, more high tech things happening in their airports than we might have overall. That definitely happens a lot. Yeah, you do see that overseas from time to time as well. Uh, looking at, you know, the way this was broken down, you can check out the full article on Travel Pulse and it highlights various different airports that are getting these grants. But I got to call out who's getting the most on this, of course. And that's up in your neck of the woods, Stephen. Chicago O'Hare International Airport awarded $40 million to improve Terminal 3 with improvements such as reconfiguring the TSA checkpoint, creating a new ADA and family restroom and updating the baggage system. So I know a lot of people will be happy about some updates uh, in Chicago airports there. Is that That's right. And actually, for a, a major portion of Terminal 3, we already have, uh, they've opened up uh, new gates and uh, it looks phenomenal. And uh, I mean, it's nothing like the update to LaGuardia Airport. For all of those that have been through LaGuardia, you can you can see that is an absolutely beautiful new addition to the airport and uh, night and day turnaround from what it looked like before. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was among some of the worst airports uh, ranked, you know, prior to its changes. So, um, Mandy, what what is your favorite airport in the U.S.? And what's your what's what's been the worst you think you've been to that really needs some improvements? So I really have two best airports. I have one on a smaller scale, which would be my my local one here in Santa Barbara. It's so small and easy in and out. It's really it makes traveling so, so easy. Um, but then my favorite airport on a larger scale is DFW in Dallas. Um, DFW makes it super easy to navigate with the tram system. They have a ton of restaurants, things to do if you have a long layover. I mean, they have a barber, a nail salon, wine tasting. They even have a massage spa that you can go to. Um, so that one I absolutely adore. I, I travel through there if I can, you know, um, do a stop over there because I really enjoy that airport. Um, the worst airport hands down for me is LAX. I think LAX is, is the ninth ring of hell. It is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying so hard to make it better, but, um, 
it, it's it's very confusing. The signage there is um, very confusing, and um, even even the people that are posted to help you almost act like you should know. And um, I think we can do better. Yeah, they're they're getting thirty one million dollars of this uh, big yeah. grants to improve surrounding roadways and the underground low impact it, development. It needs it. Yeah, Stephen, what about you? What's your favorite, and what's what's the worst one? You. Yeah, you know, I uh, mentioned before LaGuardia Airport um, is uh, the new airport terminal. Yes. Um, if you have not seen it, it is beautiful. Um, it really uh, gives you a fresh uh, feeling to departure and arrival in New York City. Um, it is uh, it's got beautiful restaurants. It's got plenty of open air space. It's uh, really gorgeous. Um, but then I also would say that Fort Lauderdale needs some work. Ooh, yeah. Uh, you know, so many people transit in and out of there now for cruises uh, or even departures or connections onto the Caribbean. And uh, I tell you, you know, for a, a warm air airport, uh, Fort Lauderdale and, uh, and, and Miami International, they could do so much better. They could do some really nice things. Um, but Fort Lauderdale, I feel they need a, a refresh and a, a revamp. It's a little damp in there. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Fort Lauderdale. Um, definitely go through that a few times for different conferences and cruise related things as well. So that they could do some updates. It's not my least favorite. I, I'll, I'll give that to Newark. And then I would say my, my favorite is I'm, I'm totally biased down here in the South and I love the Atlanta airport. A lot of people like to hate on it, but uh, I just think they don't know how to read signs. I will say that. And we, we can move on. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna crap on those people too much. But uh, read some signs. Plane trains pretty easy. Uh, don't schedule layovers too close to each other. That's why you should work with a travel advisor. Because I hear that. Oh, that that's always a knock that people love to. It's so far out and so, well, don't schedule your layover with 30 minutes. Come on, be a better traveler. But I digress. <laughs> and <laughs> moving along though to destination news, we've got the World Travel and Tourism Council. The WTTC, they issued a call to action for EU travel and member states and stakeholders are saying they are encouraged in the call to action to invest in more sustainability and reach net zero emission targets, simplify the visa process, provide visa free travel and implement greater in industry digitalization, including ethically adopting AI. And their, uh, Julia Simpson, their president and CEO, said, quote, the travel and tourism sector is a key driver of economic growth in the EU and measures within our call to action will ensure the sector continues to grow sustainably, attract new talent and prosper. We urge the EU to adopt these recommendations for the benefit of businesses and travelers globally as the sector modernizes and unlocks the digital transformation of travel together with the European Union, we can achieve unprecedented growth. So I'll kick it to uh, Stephen first for your thoughts on this. I mean, Europe travel has been blowing up big and then doesn't seem like it's going to slow down anytime soon, right? Yeah, you know, it, when they are working on plans like this, uh, you know, it just really helps governments to enact things that the consumers want. And it just makes the process just that much easier. And the first time I started seeing, uh, you know, an easy way to travel was in the European Union when they started having just easier, more electronic ways to uh, pass through these airports so that when you go through customs and immigration, you know, you're just tapping your passports years ago. Uh, that was something we didn't we didn't do in the U.S. for a long time. And um, just smoothing the process for people to get in and out of those countries, uh, the Schengen zone, for example, those are things that had to have planning done in advance 
before the government's actually acted. And it just makes things so much smoother. And uh, I like what I see here. Um, and, you know, when it comes to Europe, they tend to move a little faster uh, to be able to enact measures like this to to ease travel. And I love it. I agree with Stephen. I mean, this is all part of, you know, growing and adapting and, and this world is changing. And, and if it's going to make traveling, you know, in Europe easier, more streamlined, but keeping the safety and security, their number one concern, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm right here with it, too. And I think, you know, it's a really good push from the WTTC here, especially on the sustainability aspect of things. They've been really advocates for that, and they continue to. And uh, putting, you know, measures like this and this call to action out is another great step forward. So hope to see, you know, continued progress there and anything that makes travel easier. We're we're all for it, for sure. One thing that might make travel a little difficult for some, although not too difficult, considering the price of it, is the new tourism tax being implemented into Bali. Uh, it's all in the name of protecting cultural resources. It went into effect February 14th last week, and the cost is just under $10. So we've talked about tourism taxes on the podcast before, and, you know, I, I don't see any issues with them. So, And I think you guys agree that $10 is not a whole lot here, and, you know, protecting the cultural resources is great. But I want to know from each of you, and we'll start Mandy first, which destination do you think should be next for something like this? You know, I think eventually everywhere is going to be charging uh, just because they can. And $10 is not going to make a difference when people are spending thousands and thousands of dollars to visit um, a destination. You know, it's a quick way for these countries to make a buck and 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 put into resources that they need at the time. So, um, you know, I don't know if I can pinpoint one specifically. Um, there are a lot of countries that are coming on the map that are charging um, these fees. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if more and more countries start doing it. Yeah, you know, we were in uh, Turks and Caicos uh, uh, earlier last year. I think I was there with I was there with Arnie Weissman. We did a travel weekly roundtable, and one thing we learned from one of the local uh, sustainability um, partners was that the Kong population uh, was dwindling, and uh, they were having a lot of trouble. Uh, trying to keep fishermen from fishing the baby conch um, because it takes so long to reproduce. Um, and I think this is an opportunity for all of us to be able to contribute towards reducing the problems they have with that. Because if they outfish or overfish uh, at the rate they're going right now, I, I think they're going to actually run out of conch. And uh, I think uh, if if we can focus the efforts on where these taxes are going to support that effort, I think Turks and Caicos is a great opportunity to make an impact. Very well said. And that's the key to it. You got to make sure where are these dollars going? You know, are they going back to help tourism in that aspect? And you have to really know what is going on with that. And, you know, Mandy, I think you hit it on the head. I think every destination is eventually going to get some sort of you know, tourism taxes implemented in, whether it's just an outright $10 entrance fee or if it's, you know, fees associated with various aspects or various places to visit. I think more and more are going to do this simply because they can, as you said, and not country related is, you know, the state of Hawaii. They've talked about doing a tourism fee. It's still on the table. They thought it was a big thing last year and they changed the number of the cost of it and the way it's going to work out. And it's still on the table this year. So I think that's a destination that absolutely needs to get that in place and put the tourism dollars to help, you know, preserving and protecting and um, making sure that tourists know that, you know, they need to be better tourists when they visit. Absolutely. 
and Eric, I, I definitely one of the interesting things was the 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 groups that are overfishing are not the small little fishermen boats. It's the large corporate or the uh, wealthy individuals that are out there doing what they are doing. So it's going to be interesting to see if they ever did a tax to support sustainability of it. Is it actually uh, hitting the people that are doing the, the overfishing damage, yeah. of it? You know, yeah. it, it may be so little that they don't actually uh, stop doing what they're doing. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. One to see how that plays out and hopefully you can get something in place there because it sounds like it really needs it. And I say, yeah, tax those rich dudes out the wazoo because they can certainly afford <laughs> it and it would, you know, help preserve something they'd enjoy doing too, you know, to, to fish the conch if you can get more conch. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, certainly a dilemma that has faced a, a lot of destinations, you know, in, in different degrees, you know, not necessarily, you know, all about conch, but, you know, different um, aspects that make that destination you know, a big draw for tourists. So I'm sure we'll see more as 2024 rolls on on the tourism fee destinations and everything. But that wraps up what has been trending in travel, a little bit of it at least. There's always tons of travel news out there. So make sure you subscribe to the Travel Pulse podcast uh, and our Travel Daily newsletter as well. You can reach out to me with any additional thoughts, podcast at travelpulse.com. Now we're going to jump over to our theme of the week on the fam trip. Windstar Cruises, who's been sailing in Tahiti for over 35 years, is your go-to choice for client adventures in Tahiti. They offer 7 to 21-day private yacht-style cruises round-trip from Papeete aboard Starbreeze, welcoming only 312 guests with an all-suite accommodation starting at 277 square feet. Clients can choose convenient cruise plus air plus hotel packages, pre- or post-cruise stays in overwater bungalows, foodie cruise tours, and so much more. Reservations are open through May 2026. Contact Windstar today at 844-625-0198 or visit windstarcruises.com. So, Mandy, Stephen, you have both been in the travel industry for a number of years here and have very different, you know, fam trip experiences and everything. So, uh, for though anyone listening right now that is still, that is not in the industry and is curious, what is a fam trip? It's a fam is short for like familiarization. And it's all about, you know, getting on site and familiarizing yourself with a destination, a property so that you, the travel advisor can sell that better. So we'll start with Mandy first, um, your thoughts on the current state of fan trips. How has it changed from pre pandemic to today? So um, fam trips were always important for agents to learn and grow for their business. I think pre-pandemic, they were on a much larger scale. Um, Post-pandemic, you know, pandemic, post-pandemic, um, they're, they're cutting back, they're vetting travel advisors, they're making it more invitation-only kind of events. Um, you know, back in um, pre-pandemic, there was, it was basically you pay the fee and you could go. I think fam trips during the pandemic played a role in the recovering, rebuilding of efforts of the travel industry. Um, you know, go by agents going into destinations, sharing travel experiences. You know, fams definitely contributed to the rebuilding of the a customer confidence um, and bringing people back to travel. Um, and it was because of those fam trips that you know people were able to go and and promoting is it was huge then it's still huge now um, and any way that agents can get out there and and see and learn and you know experience it just helps making selling travel so much easier. 
Yeah, you sell what you know for sure on that. Stephen, what are your thoughts on the current state of fan trips and anything you'd like to see differently about them? Yeah, you know, I, Mandy is always on point. So I, I love everything she said. Um, it, it has been um, an experience now compared to before was that it felt like before everybody could go. Now it's a targeted experience where you have um, uh, almost like you could tell the suppliers went through a checklist of understanding who is actually on my fam and can they produce business or actually turn around and describe the experience they have to their clients in a way that is uh, educational, understanding and, and, and positive. Um, but we also have found that uh, because of that, the uh, uh, agents that have been on these trips, you find we're actually having more fun. And, uh, you know, Mandy, Eric, <laughs> you guys are half the dance floor when I was out there. So I, I love you guys. Uh, it, it was so much fun that we had a great time on that trip. But you knew that we were all there working hard to have not only the experience of education, but the experience that our customers would have. And it's not always about hard work. It is about uh enjoying the experience and knowing that our customers will either enjoy or not enjoy whatever we are are doing and i can completely tell that the suppliers are putting in that work now to ensure that everybody there is of value or working hard for their customers to know what is happening yeah they really had to put that you know emphasis on the value of who's coming here and as mandy said you know with the pandemic uh changing things and you want to focus on who am i going to you know, have come here and they're going to turn around and sell the most and get me the most product because I didn't have people at my resort for so long, you know? Uh, but now as we, you know, get into 2024, Manny, anything you'd like to see differently about fam trips? I would love to see more, more small fam trips. Um, the access to, to some of these locations. Cause like I said before, the absolute best way to sell a destination is to experience it for yourself. Um, so yeah, bring them on. I would love to go. Hear that, suppliers? Yes, keep keep them coming. Keep them coming. So, uh, what is your go-to advice for fellow travel advisors on fam trips, uh, for as far as like do's and don'ts go, Stephen? Yeah, uh, do's are um, prepare. So don't show up to uh, a major resort um, and not have an understanding of uh, the type of customer they might be looking for in their advertising um, or the room categories. Um, Seeing is believing, but just showing up and not knowing what you're showing up for is not what what you should be doing. Um, you need to have an understanding at a base level before you get on site. Um, and then don'ts, uh, I would say uh, find a cutoff time for yourself. Uh, do not uh, stay out past uh, certain times if you know you can't handle it because they're going to have you back up at 7 o'clock that next morning to get back on the road or back out there to uh, see the sights and sounds of their experiences. So uh, keep it easy, keep it neat, and keep organized. Steven, that was pretty much on the head, um, nail on the head there. But, um, you know, agents need to realize that fam, you know, going on a FAM is not a vacation. FAMs are a business meeting. Like Steven said, you need to be prepared. You, need, you, you can't just show up. Um, how you represent yourself and your company is important. You know, you want to you wanna dress the part. But I do have to say, wear stylish yet comfy shoes because there is a lot of walking and a lot of touring. So that that would definitely be my number one tip. 
yes, comfy shoes, lots of sunscreen, a hat maybe if you need it uh, from a fellow balding folks out there. I always <laughs> seem to forget a hat sometimes on these. But um, yeah, where do you guys uh, feel about social media while you're on the family? So social media is a very important part of your business and, you know, showcasing to clients and everything. But while you're on the fam, are you, I mean, I guess it's subjective. So I'm curious for, for both of you, is it, you know, you post a ton during or is it, you know, sprinkle here and there or do you wait till you get back kind of thing? Um, I do both. Um, I take a lot of content and I post, you know, on my stories and post in destination. Um, I do always like to, to promote wherever I am on, you know, a fam. Um, but then as I come home, I, I mean, I just, I was in Portugal last year and I just had put a post up yesterday about, um, Portugal. So I'm constantly representing the fams that I go on and destinations that I'm, I'm at. Yeah. And Mandy, you do a fantastic job. I, I would be impressed. I'd be sitting there uh, sipping a beautiful cocktail and uh, we're out in the ocean and uh, I, all of a sudden I see one of Mandy's posts pop up. I'm like, how did she do that? She was she was sitting here <laughs> with me a second ago. Um, you know, so the best to do it in so many different ways. But um, he, so what I have been doing over the last six months is that I will pre-schedule kind of core messages before I leave so that my schedule app, I use buffer, my schedule app will have something posted, you know, in the morning, in the evening, that's kind of core messaging along the schedule that I will have. They always give us a schedule in advance. And so I do something kind of core messaging that's popping up along the way. But then as I'm going, as those unique things happen on the fly, that's when those stories start coming out so that it's something unique and flowing uh, along the way. So there's a way for you to be able to plan and also excite at the same time uh, if, if you're preparing for this like a business, right? You shouldn't just go on the fly. You should prepare like a business um, and make some awesome things happen. Great I, I agree, Stephen, 100%. Um, you know, a fam trip is like a business meeting, and this is all part of your business. You're doing those, in, you know, those um, social media posts for your business, for the destination. It's all part of it. Great insights on that, too. Yeah, it plays into the being prepared, so coming coming together and having a plan before you get there. Uh, so what do, we, what do we think about advisors running their own fams? I've seen some different things pop up in here from advisors, whether it's, you know, trying to get a fellow advisors to go with them on different fams or, you know, they just run it solo and they, they, that's how they treat fams. So how do you guys feel about that? Steven? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would say half, not half, but a, a good percentage of the trips that I have gone on that are considered to be fams are not organized by the supplier, but more of uh, word of mouth. And so I do not discredit um, advisors trying to bring in other advisors into the experience because sometimes it's who you know, um, actually it's many times who you know. And uh, if you have a good relationship with the supplier and the supplier says, you know what, I've got availability uh, in the next couple of weeks. If you'd like to go, please, you know, grab a couple of advisors and bring them in. What you're doing there is the supplier as a former supplier, what the supplier is doing is they're expanding their immediate network of advisors through the advisors that they already know who are producing for them. And so, for example, if a supplier came to me and said, I've got extra space, I need some great advisors to go, I already know Mandy, I know a few others that are amazing people that can expand the network of that supplier. So it's not always about some big event. 
Sometimes it's about the immediate network that you can produce uh, as long as uh, you are doing it professionally and doing it the best you can. Oh boy, that is something I would never, ever want to do. But like Steven said, it, it definitely is people that you know, and it's agents that want to help other agents and to grow in business together or, you know, separate businesses, but but just it's a community. And I love my little community that I have and and my, my agents that support other agents. Um, but, you know, it's even though it's not something I would ever want to do, I do know agents doing amazing jobs. So if anybody, you know, wants to get on some of these fans, reach out to me because I do know some amazing agents that are that are putting on their own fans. Yeah, it does seem like it would be a lot of work. And I know advisors are already busy in their own right with planning a lot of th- trips for clients and handling client fiascos when those do arise. So kudos to those advisors that are going out and doing it. And building, you know, a side business within their own business, I guess, of of producing these fams. And I think it plays it, right to what you said, Mandy, is advisors helping advisors. And I've really noticed that a lot over, especially over the last year. I mean, you saw it a little bit, you know, pre post, you know, during pandemic and coming together, and you know, a little bit after. But I don't know, just something about really the last year or so here, I've just really noticed that of advisors coming together. Whether I'm on these fam trips, you know, with fellow advisors as like the only media member or something, or I've you know, seen it at conferences or something, just advisors coming together, seeing it on social media. And you guys, you know, you might need on a fan trip, but, you know, staying in touch and just really coming together and helping one another to support and, and grow travel all over the place. It's it's great to see. There's a lot of people that want to travel and, and we're not in direct competition with each other. And once, you know, agents realize that and understand it, you know, you become together as a community and it, it it's really important. It's important for agent sanity as well to have somebody that they can call and lean on. Yeah, you definitely need that support group uh, no matter where you're at with anything. So anything else uh, in closing that you want to pass along to our wisdom, uh, pass along your wisdom to our travel listeners here, Stephen? Yeah, you know, uh, it's. Uh, I think we all want to uh, uh, work together um experience more and learn as much as possible. Uh, So anytime we can share each other's posts um, or uh, give each other a leg up or a good job uh, at a girl, whatever it is, uh, know that uh, you are helping someone else to do the best thing that they can. Um, And Mandy, I will credit you forever. You have been such a great cheerleader of me uh, since our last fam. uh, And I wish you all the best. Thank you, Stephen. And you do such a good job yourself. I, I love seeing your posts and and uh, you cheering me on as well. And and that's truly important in the in this industry. And thank you, Eric, as well. I uh, I always enjoy doing anything that you ask me to do. Um, and it, it's an it's important in our industry to uh, to keep it going, you know. Indeed. Yes. Thank you both for joining the podcast here. Um, where can people follow you, get in touch with you? Anything else you want to plug as we end the show here? Mandy first. So um, it's Mandy Migliaccio on Facebook. Um, Stepping out travels with an S.com is my website. And on Instagram, I am Mandy underscore travels underscore. And I am Stephen Scott with Travel Hub 365. You'll find us on uh, social media with at Travel Hub 365. And our website is TravelHub365.com. We handle corporate and leisure travel. So uh, let us know if you need anything. Wonderful. Thank you so much for both uh, both of you joining the podcast and talking all things travel and fam trip related things. Thanks, Thanks, Eric. Eric. 
that's all the time we have for this week's show. Stay tuned for next week. I'll be having a president and CEO of a pretty cool company coming on board. So uh, on board, a little slight uh, plug there, I guess, in, in a pun way. But uh, and, and all right, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's Winstar's Chris Prelog, Yay! CEO and president. Yay, he's going to be awesome. on the podcast next week talking uh, cruising and a lot of exciting things that they have coming up. Um, so stay tuned for that and uh, more exciting things coming up in March as well, because it is around the corner. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week.